Okay, we are recording, but you still gotta look at the end of the lens. Kinda get your eyeball up there to position. See if I can have as goofy a looking look on my face that you can snag as grief. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, don't use that one. What was the title for the day? The easiest way today. Dang. The easiest way to guarantee success. <laughs> one, one tip to change your life. That's right. That's right. Are you ready? Ta-da! Mike on the mic. I want to see Lance dance. Lance oh. can dance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, it makes two of us. We got the pastor in the house. <laughs> and uh, Shrank. Uh-huh. Volume down. A fade away. Yeah, you're just reaching for the button going to and be done. I was. <laughs> Got a quick question for you. I got a quick answer. What are you drinking? What am I drinking? Looks like you went into the pond. I did. Literally. <laughs> this is Morning Kick by okay. Chuck Norris. Oh, yeah. We had that conversation. Yeah. <laughs> it's got every green thing in the world in it. Yeah. And so it is literally uh, pond scum. Wow. Pretty much kale, spinach, beets, mm -hmm. and it's all condensed into a green powder, which... Then you drink and you turn into Chuck Norris. Well, so you enjoy <laughs> while I <laughs> continue on with my sugar-laced cup of morning decaf. You know, I would have never thought that I would be drinking decaf. I used to make fun of people that drank decaf. <laughs> Warm brown water. Yeah. Why would you do that? <laughs> Warm brown water. So there's nothing redeemable or nutritional no. about this. No. And everything nutritional, Mr. Norris over there, <laughs> about what you're drinking. So is this the almond stuff? That's the vanilla almond milk. With Look at your, that little project teacher cup right there. Yeah, rocking the project teacher. Rocking the project. Okay. Back in the projects. All right, I'm excited about what you got to share today so you want to jump right into the good stuff today? i think we jump right in <laughs> everybody's like i don't have to fast forward <laughs> no no gluten talk oh my god <laughs> what <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> and if i was good on the buttons i'd find one real quick to go with it but oh everybody's thinking oh turn it up volume down <laughs> yay no gluten talk uh, the one key tip, and this can launch a thousand ships, I would think, but the one thing that you can do to guarantee yourself success. No matter what. No matter what. Ownership. Mm. Ownership. When you own something, you focus on outcomes and not hours. Uh, all right. Ownership. When you own something, you mm -hmm. focus on outcome, not ours. That makes sense. Hmm. Big picture type end result. Uh, for example, going to work. Yep. 
um, when you have a job and you don't own the company and you don't care about the product necessarily, but you got a job and you're making 15 bucks an hour, you go in and you count the hours till you can leave. Yep. You count the amount of hours you're putting into something. The boss says, I need you to stay late. You count the hours and it's, you know, what am I giving up? What am I losing? You're counting the hours. If it's a chore around the house, you count the amount of time it will take, the amount of work it will take. And generally, we, we complain. We're frustrated because the chore is not ours. That was my wife's idea. Mm. The company is not mine. It's their company. I am working for them. I'm making money for them. So when you don't own something, you count the amount of hours you're spending on it. You count the amount of work you're putting into it. You count what it costs you to do it, what you're losing out on. And then you make these decisions based on this, you know, kind of pros and cons and input output kind of decision making. Well, if I go to work today, I will earn a hundred bucks, but then I won't be able to. But when you own the company, yep. when you own the project, when it's your project, when you look around the house and say, you know, I want to clean this place up. Suddenly, you don't think about the amount of time, the amount of work, the amount of sweat. You focus on how the project comes out. How well did I clean the house? How do I feel now that I have cleaned the house? When you own the company, you care about the company's performance. You care about the company's reputation in town. You it's your company, you're a company man, and you wear the, you know, the shirt proudly with your company logo on it. When you own the team, mm-hmm. you proudly display something that you technically have zero ownership in, but your heart is in it. You own, and so the amount of money you spend on purchasing items that have nothing to do with anything other than they look pretty and they represent your ownership, your investment in the team, your, you know, Yesterday, Steelers playing, there was no thought about the amount of time I was investing in getting ready for the game, thinking about the game, watching YouTube videos about the game, reading about the game, getting set up for the game, sitting down to watch the game, because that's my team. And that's how we talk. You know, that's my team. Yeah. You know, who's your team? We ask people that. Who's your team? Like, you own them? No, but we ask him, who's your team? Kansas City Chiefs, man. Yeah. And we, we even talk about how we won or we lost. Right. We won. We lost. Yeah. <laughs> we, we have bought in to ownership yeah. of the team. We've bought into ownership of the chore, the project, the company. And when we own it, then we don't count hours. We don't count costs. We don't mm-hmm. focus on the labor part of it. We look at the outcome. So if you want to guarantee yourself success, find a way to own something about whatever you're, you're, you're focusing on. If it's your job, maybe you don't care about the widgets that the company is making or the profit margin of the company, but find something to invest yourself in. Maybe it's the product you're producing at your workstation, that everything that leaves your workstation that has your name on it, your reputation is behind it. And so my part is always 100% perfect when it leaves my workstation. 
that's what I own. And once you own that, then you're not going to sit there and focus on the amount of hours you're spending at work and not at home playing with the kids. Take ownership. Another way that it's been phrased in the past is take pride in your work. Mm -hmm. Pride is I am feeling positive about something about me. So it's, it's another way of saying taking ownership. If I take pride in my work, it's a reflection of me and I want to put the best me forward for other people, for my reputation. And so ownership. Own it. Own it. That's good. The whole time you were talking there, I was writing a message, <laughs> a sermon <laughs> of own it. Own it. Yeah. Yeah. Even with uh, the church, we, we've talked a lot about, so this is helpful to me because we're having a planning meeting today, but we've talked about, we don't do membership. Right. Have you noticed? We don't do membership, but we've talked about doing ownership. There you go. Yeah. And so helping everybody to take ownership in the, in the church and, and really that's, that's a, a deeper investment of your heart. Which is exactly what you're saying. Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. Own it. Uh, so if you've gotten some really weird ideas in the past year from people, <laughs> you're welcome. Sure. But what I've told people who, you know, who do invest themselves in Grace Point, people who talk about how great it is and you know, they wish you were open more. And I said, you know, start your own group. What? You know, you can't make the Tuesday night uh, Twisted Sisters or uh, what, what's the women's group called? Twisted Sisters. Twisted Sisters. You yep. can't you can't make the Tuesday night Twisted Sisters. Wednesday. <laughs> they moved that on me. Yeah. <laughs> About three years ago, I bet. Right. But they can't make the Twisted Sisters group. Start your own group. Yeah. You know, go talk to Nancy, talk to Mike and say, you know, I don't have time on Wednesday nights. Could we do something uh, and I'll bring the cookies and I'll uh, kind of lead it, but could we do a little Bible study at a, another time that's appropriate for you? I'm sure there are other people who can't make Wednesday night. Right. Um, and and I, so I've suggested to people, don't go to Mike and say, you know what you guys ought to do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I said, if there's something you think would be good, go to those guys and say, here's what I would like to do for the church. And then, you know, propose. Yeah. Bring it on. Own it. Own it. That's good. Because I'm sitting here thinking about all the things that I've wanted to find success in. And every time I've really taken ownership of it, it's done as well as I would have hoped for. Sure. And a lot of times even better. And the times that it hasn't, I have not taken ownership. I have, I basically have relied on somebody else to do for me what I should be doing. Should be. Mm-hmm. Should, should be. Should, should, But that's, that's, and you know, when you dig deep down into the cognitive processes, the, the mathematical computations, the algorithms that are going on in your brain, mm-hmm. that's the separation where the separation starts to come in. We say things like, you know what the church should do? Well, now I'm not part of the church. Sure. And so I'm not owning anything that's about to come out of my mouth. It's all y'all's responsibility. Yeah. And if y'all do it, hey, that was my great idea, but they're not giving me credit. But if y'all don't do it, then psh, 
you know, no wonder, you know, they won't do what I think they should do. Yeah. And there's not an ownership. Well, the thing that certainly will perk my ears up when somebody comes to me with an idea, like you're saying, is when they use the word we Mm -hmm. or when they use the word you. Huge difference. I know that they have bought in and, and will be a part of it if they're saying we. Right. If they're saying what you should do, then I typically have the same kind of a response. I mean, I'll think about it and I'll, I'll consider it for sure. Maybe the greatest idea we've ever had, but they're not going to be the ones. Who, they're going to be the ones who are expecting everything to be done outside of what they should be doing. Or, you know, they bring it to you, but they don't want to own it. Right. So that's good. Very good. I'm going to start listening to uh, who's owning it even more. Starts with me. Hmm. I wouldn't have guessed that that would have been when you sent me, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk a little bit about this. I wouldn't have guessed that that would be it. The easiest way. Where do you start? Where do you start? Where do you start? And, and that, that's why I asked you this morning. You got anything else to talk about? Because mm-hmm. this, is a, this is a one-liner. And, and usually when, when I bring this to somebody and say ownership, you know, mm-hmm. What do you own in the? What do you own in the relationship? What do you bring into the relationship? You're complaining about what the other person is not doing or is doing, okay? But what are you contributing? How are you trying to help? And whether that's a personal relationship, a friendship, a relationship between mother and child, a work relationship, but what do you own? And it kind of goes back to the Socrates last week. Mm-hmm. You know, there are men who do things, and there are men who sit back. It's exactly what was just going through my mind. We we used it in the context of men, but really, it's people, right? Two types of people: people who get it done, and people who complain about the ones who are getting it done. And so, yeah, that's it right there. Taking ownership. Mm-hmm. You want to get it done? Take ownership. You want to be a get it done kind of person? Take ownership. Own it. You know, even if it's just showing up, you know, what can you own? You know, like, because people are so negative thinking, you know, I, I can't do this, I can't do that, but I don't know anything about this, I, I don't know anything about that. Can you show up and, and be directed and be led? And so the church is doing something or the. You know, are you going to go? I don't know anything about that. I don't know anything about this. I've never done that before. And they, they're paralyzed because they're not invested in the product, in the project in any way, shape, or form. Can you shift that just two degrees and say, I don't know anything going on. I don't know how that stuff works, but I can show up. What can I invest my presence my, my willingness, my ability to learn, my willingness to learn, my willingness to help out, my willingness to serve. I'm going to show up and somebody hopefully will tell me what to do. Sure. You know, I've never done anything like this before, but I'm going to go up there and chip in where I can. You know, I don't know anything about the technical side of producing the show uh, there with the buttons and stuff, but I can go up there and I can stand at the door and greet people own something take pride in something 
commit to and do something. Ownership. Yeah. Well, it starts with making a decision on on what you want. <clears throat> fundamental number four. And then based on what you want, are you willing to own it? Mm-hmm. Are you willing to, to do your part? Because believe it or not, we all have time. We all have time. The easiest excuse in the world that, that has been created in our culture, and it seems to be getting worse and worse or more and more, is the fact that well, I just don't have time. We all have the same amount of time in the day. So we have time, especially if we first figure out what we want. Well, we'll make time for what we want. Oh, we definitely will. Uh-huh. And so what do you want? We all have time. We all have talent. Every single one of us, we have talent. We have something to contribute. And many times, it's something that we can do that we've never experienced because we've already decided we can't. But you can. Just give it a shot. Step in and own it. And we all have time. We all have talent. We all have treasure. We all have something that we can invest. And so, uh, that's good. That has So, for everybody who's listening... Uh, Think about something that you have wanted and maybe you forgot about or maybe you already decided that it couldn't be done or you, you know, it's, I'm, I'm, there are too many, I'm too old, I'm too this or I'm on too that. And think about what it is that, okay, well, I want that. And now what are you going to do? What's your first step? What's your second step? First step. Imagine you know, we were having this conversation and uh, you're thinking all Lance has to do is to walk into the other room and things would be great. But I tell you, I don't know how to walk. Now, explain to me in language I can understand how to walk. And you're baffled. Mm-hmm. Because it's you do it all the time. How, how do you tell somebody how to walk? I mean, take your left leg. I mean, wow, the, you know, something so simple to you is completely foreign to me. Mm-hmm. And I hear that a lot when I, you know, just what do you want? And people fall into two camps. One, I don't know what I want. Or two, I can't have what I want. Mm-hmm. And because they're myopically focused on this specific situation right here in front of them in time now. You know, I wanted the job, but I can't have it. So rather than get frustrated with them, I recognize they can't, cognitively, they can't think in terms of preferences yet because they don't know how. So when you're struggling with that question, which a lot of people struggle with, Mm -hmm. What do you want? Oh, what do you want? Oh, go big picture. It's a great place to start. You know, you wanted that job. Well, why did you want that job? Well, so let me help you out. Would you like to be financially stable? Would you like to be wealthy? Would you like to have a nice house, good income, a nice car? Would you like those things? Yeah. All right. Well, how do you get those things? 
now that I'm visualizing a vision, now that I'm visualizing what it is I want, the pathway from here to there starts to unfold kind of like a GPS unit in your car. If I'm here in Wichita, I want to get out of here. Where do you want to go? I don't know. You're you're going to sit in the parking lot. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, GPS doesn't do you any good until you first put your destination in. So you program in Dallas, yeah, and the little unit boop, 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 gives you two or three options. Right. Similar routes, similar ETAs, fastest route, slowest route, mm-hmm. and you, it's, you know, depending on the GPS unit, you can have scenic route. Mm-hmm. So, the, when you're taking ownership of something, you know, part of it is deciding what it is you want. And what are you going to take pride in? What do you want? At the end of the day, how do you want people to think of you as an employee, as a husband, as a, as a wife? What do you want? How, big picture. Where do you want to be five, ten years from now? How do you want life to turn out? What, what do you want in your life? How do you want your career to go? Where do you want to see the church in five years? Do you want to be growing or shrinking? Do you want to be online? Do you want to be multi-campuses? What, what's your vision what do you want? And now that you have that bigger picture set, then what do I do today becomes easier. Mm. So if this year I want to be more like Jesus. Yep. That's my goal. Yep. That's my destination. That's your destination. More like Jesus. Okay, now I realize, okay, to be more like Praise Jesus. What? <laughs> What'd you say? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I want to be more like Jesus. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I realize, okay, if I want to be more like Jesus, yeah. here's what I'm gonna I'm gonna need to do. Sing it, Pastor. As an example. There you go. I'm gonna hang out with mm-hmm. sinners. I'm gonna hang out mm-hmm. with sinners. I'm gonna have to realize. Amen. If I want to be more like Jesus, <laughs> oh, I'm gonna up. hang out with sinners. And if I hang out with sinners, I'm also gonna make religious people mad. And if I'm making religious people mad because I'm hanging out with sinners. I'm more like Jesus. I've started with, I want to be more like, I started with the destination. Yes. I started with the, you said you don't like goals a couple weeks ago, but that's my destination. I'm owning this. So I'm going to hang out with sinners. I'm going to hang out with, I'm going to have unpopular friends. Jesus didn't have popular friends. That's your vision is to be Michael Christ Snow. (laughs) I want to be Molak. More like Jesus. I want people to look at me and say, And it is. Dang, that's Michael Snow Christ. When people look at us, if Jesus is who we're following, we is become he who coming? He, we become <laughs> who we're following. Yes. That's why they call them rabbi, the teacher. I saw so I saw this. I'm trying to remember these these details. I saw this on the beautiful philosophy of Facebook (laughs) where you get all your wisdom. Yeah. So they hang out with sinners, make religious people mad, have unpopular friends. This is what he did. The disciples were not the most popular. That's not how he chose them. He chose them based on the fact that they were very common, ordinary men that he could do extraordinary things through. And then finally, Take nap. I got to buy a boat. I got to buy a boat. Take <laughs> no, naps on boats. No, you don't have to buy one. 
<laughs> he didn't buy one. He, no. He just borrowed others. Hey, I want to borrow. Hey, can I borrow your boat? <laughs> I want to be. Why you want to borrow my boat? Because I want to be more like Jesus. Hey, and when the pastor <laughs> walks up and says, hey, can I borrow your boat? <clears throat> sure. <laughs> Here you go. I don't know why Mike wanted the boat, but I was just. Honey, we're not going to the lake this weekend. I gave it to the pastor. Yeah. Hope he knows how to drive the but boat. Check this out. You you took it to that area. That's good. If you want to be, you know, if I want to be, if I wanted to be a psychologist. Yep. Okay. Lance wants to be a psychologist. What's the first thing Lance probably got to do? You might want to enroll. Study. Right? Uh-huh. Read a book. You really got to do that? <laughs> I want to be a psychologist. How do I do that? Well, you go to college and you read all these books. Right. Oh, really? It's written down somewhere how to be a psychologist? If if your computer is not, you know, I mean, I'm going back to the old days here, but if, you're, if your phone's not working, your computer's not working, if, you, if a piece of electronic equipment is not working, where might you get some help repairing it the old instruction manual the instruction manual so <laughs> that's the if i want to be more like jesus well how do i start maybe i read some instructions yeah get to know him a little get to know him a little who's yeah. this guy i'm trying to emulate and start with the gospel of john that is a great that is a great start to to know who who he is you want to be like him Learn now. Learn who he is. And for all you rednecks out there who read the Bible like Shakespeare and don't understand what the heck it's saying, mm-hmm. I found a great deal of benefit in watching the movie, The Gospel of John, mm-hmm. because yeah. being able to visualize yep. uh, the context, the scene, to hear the intonations and the words and, and see the expressions on people's faces mm-hmm. really brought the the words on the page to life and and the movie the gospel of john is the script is the bible right the, the book of john is the script for the gospel of john and and so it was really helpful for me to see you know exactly and i know it's somebody else's interpretations of emotion but I, I think they, they nailed it pretty well, but to hear his voice and to see him smile when he said this or to see him frown when he said that helped me really understand and bring to life the words that I'm reading in the book. Yeah, yeah, that's good. And if you are a reader, uh, you like to hang on to a, a book in your hand and flip the pages. Uh, there's a book by John Ortberg, O-R-T-B-E-R-G. This is really good. John Ortberg, and he wrote a book called Who Is This Man? And it just basically lays out for us just the impact that he's had. Let's just consider he was a a man and let's look at the impact that he had. And then you'll realize, okay, this had to be God. And it's really, really good. John Orberg. That's awesome. Yep. All right. Well, I think this is a good place to wrap up today. Appreciate uh, all the wisdom that you bring to the table here. (laughs) I'm just learning. Own it. We thanks, Doc. Sign out here. Mm-hmm. and awesome week. 
Thank you guys for tuning in today. Go own it. I am Lance. And I'm Mike. We are just these guys. Have an awesome week. week. Stole my line. (laughs) That's my line. That's my line. Yeah. Fade out.